1: Hey friends, welcome back to the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always, even though I might sound a little weird and today's intro is just going to be short and sweet because today I woke up with COVID and I feel like garbage. (laughs) So... I am just going to record a super quick intro here for you, but I did want to get today's podcast out live for you because you are in for a treat because we have Libby Westcomb on the show as our guest today and her and I are jamming out and talking all about how to fuel your body for strength gains and muscle gains. So I absolutely love Libby. I love following her on social media. I will have her links up in the show notes for you. So make sure you give her a follow if you're not doing that already and enjoy the show. And I will be back next week, hopefully feeling a lot better.
0: Hey Libby, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to finally have you on.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, for sure. I have been following you on Instagram for a while now. And honestly, like every single time you post, either I'm drooling over your food, because I feel like I could eat any of the foods that you eat. Everything just looks so good. Or else I'm like fist pumping because I love the content that you share. And so I'm just really excited to have you share your knowledge with everyone today.
2: Thank you. That's so good to hear. I'm happy that you particularly.
0: (laughs) So if our listeners if some of them are just meeting you for the first time today could you give a little bit of an intro about yourself and what it is that you do?
2: Sure so um, yeah so I work with women. Um, I actually come from a athletic CrossFit background so um, I did that for many years competitively and I also was a coach and a personal trainer so I um coached crossfit so um i guess i saw really you know on the front lines firsthand the whole women i guess not eating enough to fuel their training that was big so there was like the onset of the paleo diet which became really popular with crossfitters and that says, you know, quite low carb. Um, so it just didn't match with the style of training. And I kind of always felt like there was something missing for these girls, particularly they would just come from their busy day of work and they'd come to a class and they'd train for like two hours and they, you know, they wouldn't think about their pre-nutrition post-workout nutrition. And then obviously as I got more into um, nutrition and I started doing like my diploma and I started studying it, um, even though it was just that mainstream nutrition training, I learned so much about The whole idea of glycogen fueling high intensity training and your body just won't be able to fuel it properly, you know, if you don't get enough in your body. So in the form of carbs, obviously. So I started kind of parading the whole like carbs are good during a time when everyone was like, like what, like super against them. and yeah, like I, it's funny because I look back on, you know, when you get like Facebook memories or Instagram memories, and it's like a whole big post about carbs and how women need them. And this is like 2013, 2012. So, you know, I was, yeah, definitely. I feel like I was one of the pioneers of that, just because I put two and two together and put the pieces together with like, what fuels this type of training women, we need carbs. And then now it's become obviously, thank goodness, like so many coaches are saying, you know, the importance of it, it's become a lot more mainstream. Um, But I think the thing that inspired me to start working with women was that I would look at the guys at CrossFit and they just never seemed to have the same issues or the same health problems. Like the girls would start telling me, you know, I lost my period for three months. Is this normal? Um, Another girl like had hair falling out in chunks. Like she used to be doing like pull-ups and then she'd get down and she'd like pull fucking chunks of hair out. Like insane. Like I was just like, this is not normal. Whereas the guys just kind of sailed along like i'm sure it wasn't healthy what they would do like their low carb diets and that but there was a big thing there with like okay women need to fuel better for their training so i really started digging into it and that's where i started taking on some of these crossfit clients who were also who needed help nutrition help and yeah so i just became you know niched right down with that athletic woman who needs to fuel for her training and that's kind of where it all started um yeah, it was, it's, it was good to see like even just some CrossFitters training and, you know, being scared to even eat fruit. And then as they became, started eating more carbs, you know, they just suddenly got like completely jacked. They put on muscle. It's just, it was night and day difference. So yeah, um, that's kind of how it all started. Then I kind of finished my CrossFit competitive seasons and went into more online coaching. And eventually I stopped completely my all at CrossFit coaching and just went completely online. That was about two and a half years ago. So yeah, it's been actually probably three years ago by now. So yeah, it's been a while and I've just continued helping. Um, obviously my niche is that kind of more people who love training, they, you know, they probably under eat for the amount of training they're doing. They might come from a restrictive background and they love training. So, cause I obviously love coaching and helping people build muscle, um, so yeah, that's kind of where I put my focus mainly, but I do get all types of women as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the type of women, woman that you primarily work with is definitely who's listening to this show, right? Like I, I also love training, but I, for so many years, I mean, I went 12 years without a period. I had HA for 12 years and I was, Undereating, and for so many of those years, it wasn't even like intentional undereating, it was just completely did not even realize how much food I actually needed. So that's what I was hoping to get into into with you today about talking about like how to actually properly fuel our bodies as women but also if we are into training but I mean like even if you're not um training heavy super regularly like women need food right and I had to relearn that so deeply to in order to get my period back so then I could start training right so do you work with a lot of women that don't have their periods and then you help them get their periods back.
2: Yeah. So I have a few um who don't have the periods at the moment. It's definitely kind of a little bit more of a juggle in terms of the training because they often tend to be the type of women who are very type A. They just want to go, go, go. They want to train, it makes them feel good. They love being feeling strong. And so that, you know, that balance of trying to pull that back a little bit and then also make sure that they're getting enough food. That's something that I find is probably the hardest part for them. Um, I find that with those type of women as well, like with the hypothalamic amenorrhea, they often have, you know, it could be a different stress for each person. So for some people, they might actually be eating say 2000 calories and that's like enough food, but they have other stressors. And then in that case, I, I probably would pull back their training. So maybe it's more of a physical stress that's keeping it because, you know, as you know, the, like the brain controls that. So it doesn't necessarily always mean it's not enough food, but that's the first place to start. Um, Yeah. Especially someone who comes from a CrossFit background, which is just so much volume, so much intensity, so much volume together. I find that that's sometimes just too much for them that on their body, whereas they might be eating enough. So yeah, I think it's finding the, finding the cause, finding the stress that's causing the most trouble I guess for them you know yeah yeah
0: I agree I know I've never like personally it was never really the training for me I was always like lifting and doing like progressive overload and stuff but training like three to four times a week for like an hour so it was always a pretty good amount but it was the food that I really needed to focus on and truly like wrap my head around like the whole carb thing too I definitely got like swallowed up in the low carb (laughs) time you know like that trend or not even a trend but it's just I truly didn't realize I needed that many carbs. And even as like over the past year, I even increased the amount of carbs I'm eating and like my ovulation, like I was ovulating before and getting my period before, but even with more carbs now, everything's more regular and so much more consistent and stronger. And Mm -hmm. it's just so cool to see that like an increase in carbs can do that.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I think people as well, like women don't understand how much carbs I'm talking about when I say we need carbs. And there's also that, you know, discrepancy with sometimes they're eating so much fat to the extreme that they don't have room. Like they're just full. They're not going to have room for adding more carbs. So it's about finding that macro balance as well. Obviously, we definitely need that fat as well, like to, you know, for our hormones and that, but there's a point in time with fat where more isn't better. Um, And it's actually the same with protein. There's a point with your protein intake when more isn't better because it's not going to cause more muscle growth. It's not going to cause better recovery. It's just more protein. Do you know what I mean? Whereas carbs is the thing that I always tell women more is kind of better. Like if you can nail your fat and you can nail your protein, put the rest of it into carbs because that's going to help you with so many things. It's going to help you with your recovery. It's going to help fuel your training. It's obviously going to help, you know, with your sleep, with your cycle, as you said, with everything, because it's just the fuel that drives you each day. It's, you know, your brain uses so much glucose as well. So yeah, I think that that knowing that, you know, you don't need to put endless amounts into your protein and fat and you can actually get those in order. Like you need, you do need that baseline of protein and fat, but once that you're hitting that well, like honestly, bias the carbs more. It's amazing. As, a, as an example for me personally, I mean, I eat like, you know, say let's say 2,500 calories, 2,700, right? And I'm pretty active, I train, I'm doing weight training five times a week, but my actual individual meals is is like 90 grams of carbs, 80 grams of carbs in the actual meal. So that's like a lot to get in sometimes. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I'm like taking my last few bites of oats and I'm like, I'm kind of full, you know, I'm just getting it in. So it's like, I hear this a lot as well with girls, it's like, oh, it's too much food, I'm so full. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just gotta do it. If you wanna train as hard as you want to train, you just have to sit there and eat the carbs. You just got to eat them. Get them in cuz they're going to benefit so like in so many ways. It's going to be put to such good use in the gym. You're going to have the energy. It's literally just energy, right? So we need that energy circulating inside us so we can actually build muscle. So we can actually have enough for our hormones, for all the things going on, for our digestion, for everything. So yeah, I think that, you know, getting your getting your head around just how much sometimes you need is It's not just like one apple, you
0: know, right. And I'm so glad you threw some numbers out there. Like, you guys, if you did not catch that, that was like 80 to 90 grams per meal, right. And I think at some points in my life, I was eating that like per day, right. And then anything above that, it was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm eating so many carbs when like, my body was, literally screaming for more food and more carbs but I'm really happy that you brought up the topic of like sometimes you just need to like sit there and eat the food even if you're not particularly like feeling hungry for it this is a topic that I get really like fired up about because I am really consistent with how I nourish my body because I know that if one day I'm not that hungry so then I just don't eat that much that day I feel like crap the next day but I also know that like even if I'm not hungry like my body is still doing all of these things on a daily basis and requires a lot of food just to simply function right so I actually recently was like working with this client helping her get her period back and she recently messaged me and just like let me know how she was doing how like the progress was going because we're not working together anymore because she got her period back and she explained to me that she felt like she was almost kind of like getting like obsessed with making sure she was eating like all her snacks and like all her meals and stuff so she was like I'm just gonna kind of like take a step back from that and just like kind of like eat whenever I want and like you know not put focus on that and obviously I have so much compassion for her because I definitely have been there before and you know we don't want to create any type of like obsessions either way with food like eating it and being like super strict with all these rules and stuff but when she said that I was reminded of my own HA recovery journey and it was like so much rewiring for me and when I did feel like oh wow I'm always like so focused on having my three meals my three snacks or whatever it was right I had to realize that like Oh, I'm actually just like relearning how to properly fuel my body. I'm not like being obsessive about it, right?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Um I think also there's, you know, like I'll talk on what you're talking about this girl who went to kind of more just like intuitive eating. I think that especially if you come from a background of restriction, I see it with a lot of women, they actually need to track because once they stop tracking their body will, their mindset, they're probably like even past trauma, whatever it is that, you know, they went through in terms of like diet culture and that, their automatic reaction is to always eat less so it's like you'll go in the fridge let's just have you know half of the amount let's just and that's often the go-to response then it's really hard to retrain that which is why i think um tracking and just making sure that you're following that plan and even if there's numbers there that you need to hit you know if you're if you have a coach or whatever and you know you need to hit them you're more likely to actually eat enough food than if you go back to your old ways which is oftentimes you know let's listen to my hunger signals, but are they really proper? Like, are are our hunger signals always right? No, they're not. Because sometimes, you know, are we actually not eating because we're not hungry? Or are we not hungry because we're not eating? Like, there's a big difference there. And, you know, you can, yeah, sometimes it's good to even rely on that number or that, you know, amount of food that you need, you know, at least like hit this much protein and this much carbs each meal, like having that number, it's like almost the opposite of, the obsessive macro tracking, which people think it is, it's almost like wait, I'm doing this so I eat enough. Um, so yeah, there's so many ways to go about it, but yeah, it can be super useful in that way
0: right I think if we can come at it from like this place of knowing that okay the reason I'm doing this is coming from a place of like self-respect self-care and like truly loving myself like that's when it all changed for me because I I was able to realize that oh hey when I'm not like you know intentional about how I eat or if I'm not like tracking or whatever right like I would under eat and that was like such a huge shift for me just to be able to realize that and kind of like admit that like oh I just like by default I just don't really eat as much as I truly need to and you threw out like 2500 2700 right like that's a lot of food too like you need to be intentional about eating that much food right like packing in like that much rice in one sitting right like that takes some intention behind it it's not normally like just the serving that you're just gonna take right
2: and it's not always what your body will naturally go towards because i know that if you you know if you just naturally ate intuitively a lot of times you know you might just have like an egg for breakfast with a piece of toast and then you might have some fruit and you might snack on something here and there. And like, it's it maybe it does add up calories wise, but it might not be the most beneficial for you in terms of the output that you're doing each day. So you might be having too much fat or whatever the case may be, which isn't a problem if you are just having a very basic, like normal lifestyle, you just walk, you know, that type of thing. But I think some people... There's that discrepancy between, I just want to eat naturally the way nature intended and just listen to what I feel like and listen to what I want. But then I'm like, but it's not natural what you're doing in terms of weightlifting. Like, you know, back in the day, if we're talking about our, our, you know, ancestors, the women weren't going to the gym and pumping out iron. Like they just weren't, they were doing calm, you know, they probably had to move around a bit and stuff, you know, but they're probably using more fat, burning more fat, you know, not using as much glucose. So if you want that lifestyle and you want to have that body and you want to have that fitness and that strength, you have a responsibility to then support it with enough carbs as well. And that might not be something supernatural always. Um, Obviously, as you eat more, you get more hunger and that all sort of comes with it as you build more muscle. But yeah, I think it's that making that shift in like, you know, you can't have the muscle and the lifestyle and be super fit and active unless you're willing to also support it with the fuel and the food
0: right right i always love how you say um you said it here and also you say it on instagram like that it's a responsibility right like if you're going to train then you are responsible for fueling your body properly so why don't we talk a little bit about like what that looks like maybe we could start with what like a proper pre-workout, like how to fuel before a workout and then what that might look like afterwards. And then kind of maybe even overall during the day, because I know we have a lot of listeners that are just under eaters and they want to get to this place of eating more food, but it's, it's confusing when you haven't been properly fueling for so many years. Mm,
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think something that I'll actually start with is that if, again, if it goes back to just kind of like the way that I see women will eat without thinking about it, if they're not intentionally eating, as I call it, um, they tend to kind of just snack throughout the day, they might eat, you know, little bits and pieces here and there, and then they'll have like a lot at night, so have like a big dinner and, you know, probably like a snack and that, which is fine, but the way i look at it if you are someone who wants to become an active person and you want to build muscle and you want to train is we need to make sure that we are getting that glucose and that fuel in the beginning of the day and you know at the end of the day you do use glucose when you're sleeping yes but if you have you know got a bunch of it early on in the day and you have your stores filled up which is awesome because it's going to support your training it's going to support your movement you actually don't have to go and eat a huge massive meal right before bed because you have your store is filled up, you're not starving. And you you can utilize that glucose throughout the day more, which is kind of the whole point. We want to have enough in our system that we actually can go and use it in the gym and use it in training. And you can feel it. Like when you're doing a good session, and you have had enough carbs two, three hours beforehand, you get this muscle pump. And that pump is literally the glycogen inside your muscles. And you get to this point where when you're training, you know when you are low in glycogen and you can tell when you have enough glycogen. And um, so in terms of like an actual, you know, the way to divide it, I would recommend at least two to three hours before you train to have a good chunk of carbs. Um, you know, between I I would say. Like if you're 60 kilos, you should definitely have minimum 60 grams of carbs. So I would say that would be like a minimum. Um, I even like to push it up a bit more, as I said, where I would be having like, you know, my my breakfast is always full of carbs. You know, I like to have a bit more fat in my breakfast. So maybe like 15 grams of fat and then obviously protein as well. And then my next meal is usually my pre-workout meal. So I will have like another big chunk of carbs there protein, and a bit lower fat. Um, I actually tend to, during my lower body days, I actually sip on another drink, which is like my intra workout drink, which is like juice, coconut water, um, cluster dextrin, which is basically just like quick digesting carbs, and then salt and creatine. Um, sometimes I'll add some clean whey protein in there as well if I want to boost my protein a little bit. That's like more carbs. And then after I train within, I'm not super fast about the timing unless you've trained on an empty stomach. Um, I'll just say within the hour, it's really good. Good idea to get another meal in again, protein, but then carbs should be biased. So I'm biasing my carbs for my breakfast, my pre-workout, my post-workout, and then my dinner won't have as much carbs. So my dinner is going to be more like one-to-one carbs to protein. Um, And again, like you, you need a little bit for your sleep and that, but If you're doing this all throughout the day, I actually find that it works really well for active women because they can, it's that immediate glucose they can just use immediately for, and it makes sense from a body composition perspective as well. Like not that we're talking about that, but you know, your body's more likely to actually utilize that energy. As soon as you eat it, when you're doing when you're being busy throughout your day, when you're sleeping, if there's excess of glucose, you know, excess calories, it will be stored as fat because you're not using it. So it's not usable. So if you're going to be eating close to that surplus and close to that, you know, you do need to be in a small calorie surplus to build muscle. It's much better to do it this way. So you're kind of, um, yeah, I guess you're kind of loading those carbs earlier on in the day really using them and then making sure that around your training sessions, you've got enough carbs before, after, and then obviously protein super important too. Um, but yeah, I think that's almost better than doing small tiny little meals throughout the day in in terms of training, in terms of muscle building. Um, if you're someone who's just trying to balance your blood sugar and you've got a lot of hormone problems and training is not your priority, then I can see the benefit in doing, eating more often, smaller meals, but yeah, for muscle building, um, there's like a lot, a lot to be said for that dense, dense carbs, dense meals, definitely enough protein. You know, you want to get the protein like high enough to boost muscle protein synthesis throughout the day as well, which is just going to keep that muscle building signal switched on. Um, yeah, but as I said, it takes a lot of intention to make sure that you're getting enough. It's really easy to under eat and it's really easy to under eat carbs as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay, I want to pick out a couple things that you said. So you talked about being in a surplus in order to build muscle, right? And this is kind of obvious, but I feel like it we so many of us just like kind of push that aside and if we do want to build muscle, I know back in like my university days, right? I would see these girls and they would be very muscular and I would feel like, "Oh, well, you know, like I'm not really getting to my goals." And then I would start working out more and eating less because somehow my brain thought that's what I needed to do when in reality, like we need to actually be in a surplus, eating more <laughs> than what our body is burning. So just wanted to point that out and highlight the fact that you've said that and um yeah it, did you want to maybe elaborate on like what a surplus looks like or how someone can like kind of navigate that
2: yeah sure so um i think as well it probably be a good time to point out the whole like body recomposition thing so while that is possible to do that at maintenance or even in a deficit for beginners to strength training, they can grow muscle in a deficit because there's that huge neurological aspect to it and getting stronger in that. So there are times when that happens. I think people love to hold on to this, and especially women that I coach who've been training for a while. So they're not beginners. Um, they really love to hold on to this recomp thing. But what I end up seeing is they're just spinning their wheels. So they're doing all the training and they're doing the sessions and they're trying to lift heavier. And, you know, they're trying to sleep well and they're eating the food and all that at maintenance, but they're not having that, you know, to get to a new level in terms of muscle is a lot of work. So to get to that next level where you've literally gone and added, you know, just a small amount, even like 2%, 5% more muscle to your body, that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy to build that muscle and it takes a lot of calories. And it also takes proper training. So hard training, not overdoing it, proper recovery, all of that. So it's it's not just like, oh, I just feel like building muscle. Let's do a recomp. And, I, and so I always stop and I'm like, what does that mean? Is a recomp just spinning your wheels so that you go and have a body scan in six months and the DEXA scan will tell you you're kind of the same muscle, like your same body fat percentage. Like that's fine for maintenance. But if you want to get to that next level, if you want to have, you know, more definition, if you want to be stronger, Um, then you do need to go into a surplus because that's just the most efficient way to do it. So that's like, after I would say after two years of training, if you're not a complete beginner, if you're a complete beginner, you can get some good results at maintenance. But yeah, if you're, you know, like for me, I've been training for over 10 years. So I probably would never be able to build muscle at maintenance. I have to go in a bit of a surplus. Um, and you know what the funny thing is about this, like it's only very small. So I recommend like a three to five percent to start with. That's very little. Um, I would say about two hundred to three hundred more calories a day.
0: But can, um, can we just stop right there? Like that's a small surplus, but for so many women, like hearing two to three hundred more calories, right? Like break them. Out. That's gonna like that sounds like a lot for so many women, right? <clears throat> so I just want to point that out that like. Two to three hundred more calories is actually like not this huge thing. It's <laughs> like a little snack. <laughs> yeah, really. exactly. I
2: mean, my meals are like six hundred calories, so it's like adding a little snack. You know yeah, it's not that much. So I think just wrapping our head around this idea of calories aren't these little evil things that like are out to get you. Calories. is Beautiful life-giving energy. Like if you can really accept that and think that it's literally life, it makes everything. It makes a baby inside of us. It ma- you know, it just it makes everything like it's energy, and that's what people need to start seeing calories as, rather than like I said, these little e- evil demons that, yeah. <laughs> that are out to get. Um, but yeah, with the sense
0: that's great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's like even 10%, like I went on, I did a muscle building phase. I'm actually just coming out of it. And I went 10% for a while, but this is because I found that I was losing weight with my surplus, which is another weird thing. So what's happening is you're giving your body more energy. So therefore you're just automatically burning more energy. It's like, you've just gone and and made the furnace burn so much hot, like so much brighter and so much bigger because you've added more, you know, wood to the fire. So it's, in some cases, I see this with women, I see they, they drop weight and they actually drop fat and it just becomes like, what the hell is going on? So I have to actually then increase the surplus a little bit more. So I would say between three to 10%, but start lower, you know, never do something drastic, always do it gradually and just watch what's happening with your body and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, you tend to like fidget more and you become more, active. You just have more energy when you have more food coming in. And if you think about what a surplus is, it's like, as I said, calories are energy, right? So you're literally saying, Hey, body, Here's this little extra bit of calories that you didn't have before. Now we're going to go and work hard in the gym. So you actually have that energy that, you know, it's gone to the bucket of energy that can go towards your output and your recovery. So you now have that extra energy and the body goes, Hey, we'll build muscle with this because you're sending that signal to your muscles that you're working harder and you're using progressive overload. And on top of it, there's this extra energy now that it can actually put towards building muscle because everything that you do in life costs energy. Right. So it's all costly. So you have to have enough. Otherwise, your body's just going to be like, we're just going to have to keep burning the muscle that we already have. So, yeah, it's kind of like if you look at it in that way, you're actually putting a little bit like in the savings account or in the piggy bank where your body can now take from to add new muscle right so yeah you have to make sure that that's there but you also have to make sure that the training is on point um which you know it's hard for women too sometimes to train with progressive overload it's hard to it's hard to lift heavy sometimes yeah but that's really important to to have it actually be
0: yeah and I mean I did want to talk about like the food stuff with you today because I just You and I are so like aligned in that way that we're always like talking about eating more and feeling your body better because. These calories aren't these bad things, like you said, right? And I just think like, why not eat more if you can eat more, right? Like, let's let's see how much we can eat and how good we can feel, right? But if anyone wants to learn more about training from you, you have so much over on your Instagram account and you even like share workouts and you talk a lot about what it actually looks like to do progressive overload and a lot of that is like really kind of like struggling with those last couple of reps right like you really like slow down and in my head now whenever I train I call them Libby reps I'm like (laughs) I like I because I'm like, okay, no, that wasn't like heavy enough. But then I think of you and like doing progressive overload. And if I'm like slowing down for those last few reps, I'm like, yeah, okay. That was good.
2: (laughs) good. I know. I just love that. Cause I've heard someone else tell me recently, she's like progressive overload. Um, I did such and such. and I'm like, I love that that's what my Instagram's helping people do. Like, because I am a little bit biased with my content towards training because I think that there needs more. we need more of that. Like there's a lot of women now, which is awesome coaches talking about nutrition and fueling and nutrients and, like so many people cover that which is just amazing compared to before but i think i probably bias a little bit more the training side of things because i feel like once you get that nutrition down and you're fueling properly now it's time to like go ham at the gym in the right way to like
0: but clearly you love it too right Yeah. And I love like the way you train and your training programs are awesome. So do you want to tell everyone about, you know, what you offer? I know you just came out with a new type of like private coaching program, which I know is amazing. And it really focuses on training and exactly what you and I have been talking about today, too. So let's hear about it.
2: Yeah. Um, so obviously I've got my membership, which is, um, I call it more like a do it yourself type of program. So I do programs, training programs, and you can, you know, once you sign up, you can get access, you can pick the training program. And like my recent ones that I've been programming, I, you know, I use all my own demos and I'm very particular about like form and all that. So you'll actually learn a lot just from that. Um, and then I also have my one-on-one program, which is. It's actually, I'm really proud of the name. It's called the G-Flux Physique Formula. So G-Flux basically means energy flux, which means your energy turnover. So my whole goal with this coaching program and all my coaching is to increase that energy turnover. So like you said just then, to really get the more calories coming in and to be able to use those calories. So we don't just want the calories coming in and then us not use them and it just gets stored or, you know you could get stored as fat or you could just be eating too much and you're not really utilizing it properly. So the goal is to use the energy. And like I said about that furnace to make it burn brighter to, you know, it's increasing your metabolism, burning more, using more and taking more in. so that's kind of where that's where the name fits in. Um, And then, yeah, it's just a very personalized program. So When you come in, you get a personalized training program based on, you know, your goals, your training gym, you know, what you can do, the days you can train, how long you can train for. And then the nutrition is completely personalized as well. So, and obviously I'm really big into phases with women. So I like them to do a phase where it's focusing on something, whether it's like a muscle building phase or a fat loss phase, or, you know, a maintenance phase, rather than just throwing everything at the wall all at once and, you know, not knowing what the results going to be. So I, I also, you know, take people through their personalized game plan and then we just, you know, do that phase, whatever their goals are in a, you know, in a healthy way. Um, so yeah, that's the new training, the new program as well, which I'm really excited about the personalized training part. Cause that's something I added that I didn't have before. Cause I just didn't have the time to do it. So I'm really happy to be able to really knuckle down and help people individually with their training and like, you know, with their videos and watch the videos, make sure they're doing it correctly and getting results.
0: Awesome. So if anyone's like looking for real, like one-on-one attention from you, that's where to go and where to get started. Sure. Yes. Awesome. And Kate, one last thing. I honestly feel like you should just come on again and we'll just get all these questions from people and ask you and do like a Q&A episode with you. <laughs> but you talked about maintenance and just being at maintenance. And I feel like maybe this might be a nice way to wrap up the show. But how important it is to be at maintenance for a good chunk of time and not always be riding at a deficit like so many women are. So if you just want to touch on that for us and like why that's so important. <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure. Um I think that's one of the main things that I find women who have the greatest success are the ones who have spent the most time in their life, just that maintenance not dieting. Like it's literally it's a stress on the body to diet and Um, like we talked about with the energy buckets, it's like it's taking so much out of the energy buckets of recovery and everything. And you don't know this because it's happening on the inside. But when you're dieting, you're in a genuine calorie deficit. So the deficit means there's actually not enough energy to just, you know, support everything. So it needs to take obviously from your fat stores, hopefully not your muscle stores if you're training. So therefore that's a deficit that's stressful. And you know, if you're always doing that, you're never you never refilling the tank like a petrol tank, like a gas tank, you're never really filling back up. You're always just kind of going half empty, driving along, getting more and more empty, and maybe you'll go up a little bit, but you're never fully filling it back up so you have enough energy. Um, and that's what maintenance phases are. They're just, they're where you should spend the majority of your life. I mean, if you can get like, if people can get that through their minds that it's not, it's not um, a lack of progress. I think people think when they're at maintenance, there's no progress. They're not moving forward. But a maintenance phase in itself is progress. And the reason why it's progress is because if your body can maintain and your body can be stable and it can find that homeostasis, that's like a huge, that's a big so, Yeah. So many people are fluctuating constantly. Um, I even say see it with weights. Like, I don't really care too much about scale weight, but sometimes it's a sign to me. If someone's scale weight fluctuates that much all the time, I'm like, we need to find stability. We need to just find a little bit of like more stability with your food intake with, you know, everything. Cause it means their glycogen levels are constantly up and down. It means, you know, they might have a lot of water retention going on. So all these things, you know, if you can find more stability, you know, there'll always be some fluctuations, but I think in general, stability is healthy, um, And a lot of this comes down to even like having routines, having all these things in your life. That's it's, it makes you more stable. It's, you know, that's all part of maintenance. Like maintenance isn't let's go and gain 20 kilos maintenance is like, let's actually just maintain, let's just be and allow, you know, our body to recalibrate, allow it to be happy with it. I call it like a set point. Um, and if you don't, if you find that you're someone who doesn't have a, a weight set point, a size set point, you're constantly up and down, you're losing, you know, five kilos, and then you're quickly putting it back on, that is like a big red flag. That's like a warning sign that you should probably really aim to spend some time at maintenance and just stop the constant fluctuating. Because what happens when we diet as well and we do a crash diet and we lose all this weight, your body just wants to go and eat everything in sight because it's just been deprived. So then it's that rebound as well. Um, which doesn't help anything because you just gain it all back in your body. You're also sending the message to your body that there's this constant chaos. It's just chaotic, you know, chaotic behavior, which I don't think for women is healthy at all. No,
0: I mean, our bodies crave like that maintenance and that safety, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, I could chat with you forever. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really loved having you on.